He'd be forgiven for thinking the only news this week had to do with the Titan submersible near the wreck of the Titanic, but that is not the case. Certainly in the United States, there's been a lot going on. It's time for our weekly check-in with Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. Let's start with the Hunter Biden news. Now, it feels like for years his name has been connected to different investigations. So what happened this week? So uh, what we had from uh, Hunter Biden, the president's uh, son, is that he pleaded guilty uh, to two misdemeanors uh, as part of an ongoing investigation uh, into what was perceived to be tax crimes uh, and failure to pay more than a million dollars in federal taxes and paying his taxes late over a number of different years. This was an investigation, uh, realistically, that had been going on for five years. And in this guilty plea, uh, what we saw was that Hunter Biden will avoid a charge that was linked to uh, a firearms charge and that he was in possession of one when he wasn't allowed to be because he was found to be on drugs at the time, and that's simply not allowed under U.S. law here. Uh, But it's facing significant blowback from Republicans uh, arguing, look, you know, there are IRS whistleblowers out here that say that he's been handed some kind of favoritism and that Mm -hmm. he should have been charged uh, with something more significant. Ultimately, though, this case looks to be over, at least with this guilty plea. Okay, but obviously, as you said, there have been ripple effects on this. Uh, Former U.S. President Donald Trump is not happy about this either. Well, no, look, I mean, look, Donald Trump's not happy about it. Republicans aren't happy about it. They say that, you know, this is tax evasion and he should have been treated like any other American would have been. It's worth pointing out that several years ago when Democrats were in charge, they were trying to get the the president of the Times tax records to say that he had been, uh, you know, falsely dealing with his taxes and not paying his fair share. And Republicans stood in the way and said that there are tax privacy laws and that this should not be something that lawmakers are handling. So obviously there is a bit of a double standard here. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, the the broader call here is if there are going to be investigations into children of presidents who maybe used their name uh, to, to do things or potentially didn't pay taxes, then those investigations should include the children of all presidents who may also be in the same boat. Right. And speaking of people who should all be treated the same, let's talk about the case as well with former President Donald Trump. So, look, there's a lot to talk about Uh, with the former president. Number one, he has been all over the place when it comes to social media, pushing back very loudly that this is another witch hunt against him, against him. You know, a sign that we've seen before from the former president when the walls begin to close in on him, he takes to social media, he takes to fundraising to try and get uh, a wall of support behind him. At the same time, we're also hearing that the special counsel this week turned over evidence you know, a sign that he is moving quickly in this uh, that included more plural recordings of the former president uh, having to do with information linked to classified documents. We don't know what those recordings are, but Trump's legal team is now in possession of them. This case starts again, uh, goes to trial in August, could wrap up in a couple of weeks with no delays, which is why we are seeing such a kind of fervent push here from the former president to, to ensure that Republicans, his supporters, the base are lining up behind him. Okay, and speaking of that, uh, when it comes to issues affecting the electorate, let's talk about this one year anniversary of a very significant court decision. Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow uh, marks one year since Roe v. Wade was overturned. You know, we saw the pushback wildly across this country. There is still broad-based reporting that suggests more than 60% of Americans as a whole uh, are not in favor of these broad restrictions. They would like to see some form of access to abortion, and it is quickly becoming uh, a a central point again for Democrats heading into 2024 who are working to get legislation passed through uh, to A, expand access, and B, paint Republicans 
Republicans as an extremist group, understanding that the broader public is on their side. Uh, in the years since, though, we've seen fights against, um, you know, p- uh, abortion pills. We've seen uh, battles over contraception, but we have seen wins. We have seen some states find themselves in a position of having um, legislation overturned, opening up access, but still in a far restricted way. There are still 24 states uh, in the U.S. that have either full or partial restrictions in place. Uh, broad marches are expected across the country tomorrow, including here in D.C., um, but by women, by people who are arguing that the government is doing too much and getting in the way of people making decisions about their own health. Right. And yet, as you point out, it's also still impacting elections, right? I know the Republicans would like people to move on from this, but every time there's a vote, it seems to still come up. Yeah. And look, Democrats are really going to do what they can to drive this to the center. The former, uh, rather, the, the current president, Joe Biden, is expected to make the matter an, an issue of abortion um, a key component of his 2024 uh, reelection campaign. Look, it worked in 2022. Democrats lost the House, but they didn't lose it um, by the wide swaths that it was expected to be. And they're hoping that they can kind of um, capitalize on what happened in 2022 and push that through to 2024, especially since there are so many court cases still working the way through that could ultimately have negative income, uh, negative impacts um, on people across this country. So this is going to be a huge moment for Democrats to run for over the next 500 plus days. And let's talk about what happened uh, at the White House this week. There was a state dinner. There was a a state visit, actually, from India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi. And I watched this with fascination because all of a sudden, and there has been a prickly relationship in the past, but all of a sudden, India and the United States seem very buddy-buddy. They do seem very buddy-buddy, and and it's opportunistic here. And it's simply because there is a growing threat uh, that that kind of is threatening regional stability in parts of Asia, and that would be uh, growing aggression by Beijing. And in order to push back on China's influence, the United States and and India are working together uh, to boost trade, to boost potential defense here, even though there is no defense pact between India uh, and the United States, to have agreements signed between the two countries is a historic moment because, again, it's not a security ally of the United States. So to be getting this kind of, you know, help and weaponry and aid, um, it, it shows that there is, you know, an ability here for countries to work together, even if, like, your words there, they have a bit of a prickly relationship, it could signal to China, A, uh, there are alliances here that, you know, may not work in your favor, but B, uh, as we heard from the Indian delegation, that this could be a signal to kind of this, the, the global South, that look, if India can work with the United States, other countries can work with the United States, and this can work to kind of push back on countries like Russia and China who try to align themselves with India because they find it strategically um, you know, easier for them in that region. Yeah, the White House really rolled out the red carpet on this, didn't they? They absolutely did. Look, full state dinner, uh, a full vegetarian state dinner because Narendra Modi is vegetarian uh, himself. Uh, you know, this is what we see at most state dinners. It is a, it is a lavish um, affair. It's usually the last day of the visit. There is, you know, additional work that's, that's coming today. Uh, but it's also interesting because Modi himself was barred access to the United States before he was prime minister uh, over allegations linked yeah. to, to human rights uh, and, and religious um, impacts. And to have him now in the country touring around, not just in D.C. I mean, he met with 
Elon Musk as well. Uh, this this is a significant moment for India U.S. relations. Fascinating. And very quickly, Reggie, I want to ask you about this crackdown on fentanyl trafficking. I know a lot of people would say, "What the heck are we waiting so long for on this?" Yeah, look, this is this is an ongoing operation uh, by Department of Homeland Security. Uh, it involves Customs and Border Protection. Uh, I think it's interesting here in that you're seeing the U.S. tout the fact that it's been able to pull in thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds uh, of fentanyl, get it off the streets. There are critics who say, "Look, that suggests that the problem is far larger if you're able to pull that much in." I think. If we broaden this out and look back to what uh, happened with the Secretary of State in China, the U.S. and China say that they will work together to try and curb the flow production uh, of fentanyl in China from getting into the U.S. This is an administration who said it would hold China accountable, and it's trying to do that as it now works to protect people on its own streets. All right. Thank you so much for the update, Reggie. Thank you. Reggie Giacchini, our Washington correspondent for Global News, catching up on uh, news out of the United States this week. The fentanyl stuff, I know it really kind of fell under the radar, I think, because of everything else that happened this week. But it is so interesting. Department of Homeland Security saying they plan to intensify efforts to combat fentanyl trafficking. And I know here in Canada, we would love to hear those words, too, wouldn't we?